Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to episode number three of Two Toms, One Ash, where we talk all things NFL fantasy football. This episode we'll be sharing statistics and letting you know whether your roster should be headed up by a rushing quarterback or a pocket passer. And as usual, pre-draft, we'll go through a brand new draft strategy. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach us on hello at twotomsoneash.com. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, remember to follow the show and share it with your NFL-loving pals too. It does mean a lot, so thank you. Right, now it's time to bring in the Toms and look at which tight ends you should be picking up in those middle rounds. Let's go. Right then, so we'll kick off with talking about tight ends. So we know who the top, well certainly top six, but probably even in order really, we know who your big boys are, your Mark Andrews, your Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Kyle Pitts alike. Um, I want to talk about the ones probably from anywhere between 7 and 12, maybe even further than that, because we can't all have those top ones. Um, so, Charlie, I'll come to you first. Who are you picking out as someone who's, I wouldn't necessarily say underrated, but but someone else, if you do miss out on one of those stud tight ends, who are you picking? Um, so, somebody who stood out for me as a Steelers fan last year, um, certainly Pat Fryermuth. Um, comes in, I think, looking at mine, he's, he's shown as number 11. I don't know if you can tell me if that's right, Ash. Uh, on mine, yeah, number 12 on the draft rankings that I've got. So, yeah, they're thereabouts. So, yours must be more up, up to date than mine. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a, an absolute unit. And uh, last year with Ben, limited mobility. Um, new new uh, quarterback this year, obviously, Battle's coming down to who that's going to be, but I think he's going to be uh, one of those guys who's a target, especially around the red zone last year. Um, his targets, he had 79 targets, I think 60 out of those, 79 caught, seven touchdowns. So his, um, his targets to touchdown ratio is massive and he's definitely somebody that they were looking towards uh, in that red zone last year. And uh, I think he's going to be one of those guys for the, the new quarterbacks of the team that they're going to look to. Um, and I think he'll, he could uh, score big with those sorts of numbers in terms of touchdowns if he can replicate that again this year. Yeah, good call. I think he's, he's, a, he's a kind of star tight end, really, one that's certainly emerging and up and coming um, and a fairly safe bet. I, I'd have thought, again, with a... Either a rookie quarterback, which we're not too sure yet, or, or more than likely kind of Trubisky to start. Um, it's not likely he's going to be slinging it 60, 70 yards down to Chase Claypool or Deontay Johnson anytime soon uh, consistently. Um, so, yeah, definitely a, a good one to pick and no surprise. 
being a Steelers fan. Scully, who you picking? Sorry. No, go on. Just going back onto that. Um, I think the fact that last year they relied on Harris so heavily um, played into that because it gives them that uh, run-pass option as well. So if they, if they look at doing that again this year, um, using Harris heavily on the run, uh, if Fry moves in there, obviously loading up on tight ends to get those blocks in, if it's not available, then uh, he is somebody they can just dump off to uh, and just pick up those extra yards. So, uh, yeah, I think if that's that's another uh, p- positive for him with them being, I think, relying on the run uh, maybe a bit more with the uh, the younger or newer quarterbacks to the team. Yeah, and less of a surprise probably, isn't it, with, with Harris that he did, after the first few weeks, you could see that he was he was definitely kind of a, a very, very, very good running back. Um, I'm sure teams will be kind of almost targeting them, allowing or wanting the Steelers to start passing it, which, again, another plus for Fryer Muth. Scully, who are you suggesting? I've gone with Dalton Schultz. So, um, I know I think he were ranked quite highly anyway last season, but he's still somebody that I think last season went under the radar and probably will go under the radar a bit this this year because he's not one of the the big names, if you like. But he had an excellent like year last year. Was um, you're talking about eighty catches from about hundred targets for just over eight hundred yards, something like that, with eight touchdowns. So really productive year, a strong year in a really strong offense with lots of options last year for for Dallas, which which comes around to my next point where I think he's going to be even more productive this year because. The Cowboys have traded Cooper, who's arguably their their best receiver. Um, they've got the other receiver that's just coming back from an injury, uh, Gallup, um, which means Dak's really only got CD Lamb as as his as his option uh, at receiver, which for me means Schultz going to get more more targets, um, which should mean more production. He's also coming into his fifth year. Um, He's not been paid yet, so he's got something to prove. And if he wants to get paid, he's, he needs to deliver again, like or even better than he did last year. So for me, that's that's why I've gone for him. I think he's um, not quite one of the biggest names, but he's one that's to look out for definitely. And I mean, you you mentioned it before in in your intro. You, you look at your top tight ends that are going to go early. You look at the likes of Kels probably back end of round one or, or early mid to round two, Andrews, Pitts, Waller, Kittle, they're all going to go between rounds two and five easily. Then in, in my opinion, you're leaving shorts at great value to take probably round six, something like that. Um, if he drops later than that, I mean, he's an absolute steal in my opinion. So that's why I've gone for him. Yeah, you can see that those top few in all our mock drafts that we've been doing, that people are reaching high for Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey mainly, aren't they? Kind of back end of round one, round two, people are jumping ahead of the game and picking those ones. Whereas I guess all these that we're probably talking about now anyway, but Schultz especially, that that no one's really reaching overly high for him. So they are. there probably is going to be a gap between rounds three, four and five before these next tier of tight ends start coming out. Um, and I guess unlike Steelers, that at least Dak's got a bit more pedigree about him. He is more of a reliable quarterback. 
if Schultz is available. And there's a bit more on that. And and yeah, you definitely wouldn't have thought. So points from a tight end last season. Schultz was there as third. Which, whether it's just the lack of glamour around him or the lack of um, interest, I think, in most most fantasy leagues last season, he wasn't being traded for and he certainly wasn't being picked up other than the first person that, that picked him up or maybe got him out of the draft last season started off. So, so yeah, good call. Good call. I, uh, uh, I picked him up last year um, and sat him, sat him on the bench all season. Yeah, behind who? Behind Kelsey. <laughs> Just it, just uh, a tactic so that nobody else could uh, could get have him scoring on their team. He just sat on my bench and uh, waited for their uh, bye week to slot in for me. But, but even then, I can't imagine. And correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think you got many trade options for him, or, or or whether it was intentional or not. But you didn't kind of use him as trade value for anyone else to improve your team um, for any reason, really. That other than it was almost, I don't know, waiting that, yes, he's had a good season, it's week 10, but he'll probably drop off by week 11 or, or he probably won't be able to do it in week 12 and then nothing nothing happened. But Yeah, I think... And this, this season as well, we've, we've uh, made the flex option available to tight ends as well. So imagine if you'd have had Kels and him last season in, in that flex option. So I think that's, in our league, it makes picking up a tight end potentially early, one of the elite ones, and then having somebody else who's really consistent, like Schultz, like Frame of um at that flex option, really, really good value. Absolutely. Yeah, he, de- he, de- he definitely went under the radar last year. Um say so I don't I don't remember particularly getting any uh trade offers for him and he just sat there waiting for that bye week to, to fill in for me. And then I think I was trying to ship him off towards the end of the year uh, to strengthen me going into uh, the final few games, but uh, nobody was really biting. So it, it just showed how sort of underappreciated he was and how the fact he ended up, did he say third? Third overall, yeah. So, because uh, there was plenty of uh, tight ends lacking in scoring in our league last year, um, but people just weren't willing to uh, to take him. Um, maybe weren't doing their own work in terms of what he was numbers he was putting up last year. So we'll uh, we'll see. I think people might be a bit more switched on to him this year. Yeah, I'd agree. And the tight end that I'm going to pick out is is Dawson Knox. Um, so for a few reasons, really. So obviously Josh Allen's his quarterback. He was consistently now thrown for 36, 37 touchdowns. Uh, Stefan Diggs only had 10 receiving touchdowns last season, which is still a decent amount for for any receiver. But other than that, who else have they got? Gabriel Davis is probably going to have a bit of a breakout season after the postseason that he had, Isaiah McKenzie. But not really anyone else. They've lost Cole Beasley. They've lost Emmanuel Sanders, who had five touchdowns between them. Um, so those kind of 36, 37 touchdowns that I mentioned, they've got to go somewhere. Um, and a little bit similar to Schultz, really, that Scully mentioned, He's going into his fourth year, so this is the final year of his rookie contract. So very similar, really. He's either going to hit free agency and they're expecting a big contract somewhere else, or he's going to be restructured, re-signed, um, franchise-tagged back in Buffalo. And there's only backup, really. So their tight end number two in the up at the Bills is former first-round pick from the books, OJ Howard. So, again, not too much strength in depth there either, I don't think. Um Dawson Knox is down as the ninth best tight end. So, again, even outside of Schultz, even below Hawkinson in some drafts, you could pick up Knox. So, 
he's another one really that I think is fairly consistent. You know that you're, you're probably not getting more than 15, 20 points per game necessarily, but consistently he's going to get a good amount of touchdowns and a good amount of receptions from Josh Allen. Absolutely. I had, I had him last year. Um, I think he was one of two Titans that I had and I kept switching them around and um, he did well for me. Absolutely. Um trying to think now who uh, the the guy from uh, LA uh, from the Rams. Higby. Um, Higby, yeah. exactly. So I had uh, I had the two of them and um, they, they worked quite well uh, swapping them around, but Knox was the more productive for me and uh, he did get rack up points every now and again. He'd, he'd get into 20 plus, but more consistently he was around about 12 to 15 points each week. So um, it's not bad. It, it adds up. Yeah, I think if you can pick up someone like that, that like you say, you can you can just rely on. You know that they are going to get targets. They are the tight end number one. They're not in that kind of um, Patriots where they've got two decent tight ends, maybe, or I think Dolphins this season have. That you know that they're the only tight end really that's going to get the, the share of receptions. Um, it's a good consistent amount of points that you can pick up um, slightly later on in the draft. Good stuff. So we'll leave that one there for the tight ends and move on to the next one. So again, still as we are pre-draft, uh, and I'd have thought that would be the case for most of us and most of the people listening, um, we're going to go for a new draft strategy completely. So this time we've done a bit of digging, done a little bit of a look around, and ultimately... Playing fantasy football, it is about enjoyment. It is about having fun and cheering on players and teams that you do like. So, yes, of course, it's about winning. However, what do we think about drafting more so your favourite players? Or alternatively, not drafting players that you don't like. So, again, we're not talking about Scully just drafting all Browns players and ignoring every other team. However... If there's two players up there, if there's a toss-up between Chase Claypool or Amari Cooper, you're on the fence, you go with Amari Cooper. Someone you're going to enjoy, you're going to want to cheer on each week. If there's AJ Brown and CD Lamb sat there, I'm more likely to pick AJ Brown because, again, I think that they're they're likely to get a similar amount of points each week. However, I'd rather cheer on AJ Brown. Um, And similarly as well, we now know that Deshaun Watson's not playing for until week 13 against the Texans. But is anyone really going to pick up Deshaun Watson and want him to score points, want him to score touchdowns um, when he's got him in his team? Or are they going to pick a quarterback that's maybe on their team or or someone of a similar calibre, but someone they're going to want to cheer on? Charlie, I'll come to you first. What what do you think about that strategy? I guess over other strategies, but that one in particular. Well, not that I didn't know what I was doing last year or went into it lucky, but that was a similar sort of strategy that I followed. Um, It was so... Tell us how you went on last year again. Uh, Yeah, yeah, just just in case I've not mentioned it before, yeah, I uh, won last year. Um, Yeah, came away with a ring, so uh, happy days. So, yeah, follow all my... You didn't mention it, actually, after uh, talking about Travis Kelsey and uh, Schultz. Well done. So, uh, yeah... In terms of that, I uh, I sort of followed that loosely last year and just went for players that, uh, not necessarily somebody that I thought I would necessarily support. As a Steelers fan, uh, I couldn't draft this, the whole Steelers team, 
because uh, I wouldn't have won, clearly. Um, however, I, I went for players that I had a bit of an interest in, players that I liked. Um, I think I went Kelsey round one. Um, I think I went for Saquon round two, which didn't really serve me very well last year. But I think the way that he's been playing this year and the reports this year um, might have been a better start for me in terms of running back. But yeah, that's definitely something... Uh, that I did follow last year. Um, and it it's just makes the watching of the games a bit more interesting. Um, went down to London, watched one of the games last year. Uh, I had Cordell Patterson in my team. Um, so meant that I was supporting uh, the Falcons for, the, for that game. Uh, mainly just supporting him, to be honest. Um, but yeah, it, it just meant when I was watching the games, a bit more enjoyment in terms of who I was supporting. Um, obviously didn't have any Browns players in my team because uh, no one wants to watch them. Good and uh, I'll uh, I'll be uh, following that strategy again this year uh, with the debacle that's going on there. But um, yeah, it's definitely a decent strategy in terms of enjoyment of more games. Um, gives you that bit of interest in terms of um, teams that you might not necessarily follow. You were uh, you just gives you that spark in terms of other games that might be uh, might be shown um and yeah it served me well so it's uh, it can't be a bad one good scully what do you reckon you're gonna be following that one if nick chubb lands to me at 11 i'm taking him if baker lands to me what what's next 13 14 probably taking him <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for, for me, probably offensively, as, as a Browns fan, you're not going to score too many, other than Chubb, maybe Hunt, unless he's traded. Um, I'm not going to score too many too many points from probably quarterback from, from receiver this year. I mean, one person I think we spoke about him before that I think is going to have a good year could be Njoku. I like Njoku. Um if if he if he falls to me at a tight end, there's something somebody that I'd probably take a punt on, but later on in the rounds, um, over maybe a, a Schultz just because he's playing for the Browns and I think he's going to have a big year and and I like him, so in in that respect, yeah, I, I could. But am I going to take Jarvis Landry over? Um, I don't know Dante Johnson, for example, even though obviously I'm not a great admirer of the Steelers. Um, probably not. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You know, I love Jarvis and what he did for what he did for Cleveland. But um, I don't know. I think it depends on the situation. It depends on the player. Um, and it depends on, on the value you're going to get. And it depends on when it is in what round it's in, etc. Because if you if you don't get one of the if I don't get one of the elite quarterbacks, um I could take a punt on Baker. That's just because I love him. Um other than week one, I want him to succeed. <laughs> yeah, and I was gonna add as well that I think it might be play into into account a bit more later on in the draft as well. So in the later rounds and I think we've sometimes got blinkers on, but I know for Eagles running back, Kenny Gamewell, he's not RB1, he's, he's probably not even RB2, but I think he's he's going to be big in the passing game. It looks like he's had a good camp. It looks like he's had a good preseason. Uh, again, that's only because I'm really reading Eagles reports. It, it could be the same for Steelers, Browns, Cowboys, Giants, Commanders. could be the same for everyone, that there's always been someone that's stood out. And I guess later on in the draft, later the later rounds, you can be, I guess, a little bit more likely you're going to take a punt. I know that we've all talked about those rookie running backs that we seem to have a bit of a liking for, that that they're not going to probably play the first couple of weeks, but we we like how they look and they're just going to sit on our bench for a few weeks and hopefully they'll come out there. Um, is there anyone, Charlie, that you particularly don't like or that you do think there's going to be someone if it falls to you when it's your turn to pick and you think, Nah, no chance. I'm not picking them. Again, I guess maybe if they fall another 12 places to your next pick, potentially. Um, I think for those higher rounds, um, the only real uh, sort of running back, I, I, I don't think I particularly draft Nick Chubb as good as he is. Um, I think if, you, if it was if he was between him and, say, uh, Swift or... Um, I'm not going to say Harris because that's obviously um, I'd have to be going with my art there. But that any any sort of similar uh, Alvin Kamara, um, somebody like that, I think I'd take them over Nick Chubb if he was still available. Uh, second round, then yeah, maybe I'd pick him up. Then um, I, I wouldn't. Uh, there's certainly players that I would rather take over him. Uh, and I think I've mentioned previously. I think. Uh, Lamar Jackson's massively overrated uh, as a player that I don't particularly like as a Raven. Um, I, I don't think I'd take him under any circumstances. I'd rather take Watson and sit him on my bench and have no quarterback start than uh, than have Lamar. Um, I say that now, he'll be the only one who drops to me and that'll be who I pick up. <laughs> I'm just going to make note of that for when I'm... My pick's just after yours. <laughs> um, but it is interesting. It is, And I think, like you say, when you're looking in within your division, of course, we all want to we all want to win and we all want to win our fantasy football leagues. But but when, when someone's, when there's a particular player playing against your team twice a season or, or you're kind of first and second fighting it out to win the division, you're not really going to rally around cheering them on. But, um, but even though they're not going to be on your roster or not. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to bring myself to cheer for uh, for Nick Chubb or Lamar Jackson. <laughs> uh, no Browns or Ravens players would I ever be cheering for. I can sort of get on on the back of the Bengals. They've been uh, 
neither in or there for a few years. I think they deserve a bit of a chance. I don't really think they're a um, a team that I did particularly dislike. Um, not in comparison to the other two, but uh, yeah, definitely, I, I wouldn't be getting behind any sort of Ravens or Browns players. Full stop. <laughs> yeah, can see it. Can see why. Uh, good stuff. Okay, we'll leave that one there and move on to the next. So let's now talk about quarterbacks and whether we prefer picking up a passing quarterback or more of a rushing style quarterback. Um, I think ordinarily you'd have thought kind of rushing quarterbacks are more your fantasy football uh, type quarterbacks and lent on them. Um, but the stats don't necessarily back that up. Uh, and I think there's quite a mix this season as well of kind of rookie inexperienced quarterbacks that tend to use the legs and be a bit more mobile versus some of your old school pocket passes. Uh, Scully, I'll come to you first. Who are you picking up um, if you've got the choice of of pocket passer or, or a more mobile quarterback? Yes, I think in uh, in a standard Q-boy uh, um, quarterback point setting, you'd, you'd probably always go with somebody who's a bit, a bit more mobile. Um, someone that's going to rack up points rushing as well as, as throwing touchdowns. Um, there's obviously the elite ones that are better at that. So your likes of uh, Mahomes, um, Allen, probably Herbert, etc., that that are going to do both. That are going to obviously be really mobile on the feet, pick up pick up a lot of yards, rushing touchdowns, and and obviously they're really good with their arm as well. But then I think you're going to look at your more running prone quarterbacks as well, such as Kyler, um, Hurts, Jackson. I think you've mentioned about a couple of more, not say rookies, but new quarterbacks that have just won the starting jobs like Fields and Lance. They could be interesting this year in in that bracket. Um, This season, I think, though, when we're talking about our league, we've we've upped quarterback uh, touchdown from, from four to six. So I think that... That opens opens the field up a lot more, um, and, and you'll probably tell us in a little bit who, who the top top three were, etc. And, uh, and I'm sure that as you mentioned, there's, there's probably a few surprises. It don't go with the narrative that we're talking about at the moment, but I do think it's going to be a lot more interesting. Uh, in my opinion, the likes of now Brady, I think, was probably very high because he throws loads of touchdowns anyway. Uh, but also Rogers, Stafford, etc. They all become a lot more appealing to people over um, the ones that I've mentioned. Um, I think it's also going to mean that that we might actually see QBs drafted a lot earlier, um, potentially even in round one. And the ones that I've mentioned, like Allen and Mahomes, etc., Herbert could could go a lot earlier because of the, the extra points that they're getting just for just for throwing touchdowns as well as um, the rushing touchdowns. So it's it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens. But then on the other hand, I think there's going to be a lot more value as well at quarterback later on um, because there's 12 of us. There's 32 quarter, starting quarterbacks. 
there's a lot of points there. So in, in my opinion, you can't really go go wrong if you get out if you don't pick up one of the elite ones. Like I said, that could people could stretch and, and reach and take them a lot earlier. If you don't get one of them, I wouldn't worry as much because you're going to get people dropping and picking up quarterbacks in, in the later rounds. And, and now with those extra points, most quarterbacks each week are going to be scoring 20-plus points with the elite ones scoring 30-plus, 35-plus um, each week. So for me, it's a tough one. Um, I think I'm probably going to be a bit more patient on quarterbacks, see who's available later on after I've filled some of the more skilled positions. Because, like I said, I don't think you can really, really go wrong. And like I've said um, in, earlier on in um, in the podcast, if Baker's available to me at 10, I'm probably taking him. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll wait and see that. Yeah, wait and see when that does actually happen. And, and if it doesn't, I'm definitely calling you out for it. Uh, Charlie, what are you saying? Yeah, it's it's, a, it's an interesting one. Obviously, Scully's mentioned the the obvious uh, targets you're looking at in terms of uh, rushing quarterbacks. I think there's there's the obvious ones that are standalone who have got the arm and the legs. You you Josh Allen, you Mahomes, um, who can pretty much do it all. But I think if you're going to take one of them, then you're going to potentially have to sacrifice picking up a. Um, a higher ranked receiver, higher ranked running back. You, you're going to have to give up one of those players to be able to get that. Um, the the gamble is: is it going to be worth it in terms of what they're going to put on the board for you? Especially in our league where we have up those points, does that mean that it's worth missing out? Maybe on a um, I don't know a Hill or or somebody like that in the second. If you if you want to take a quarterback second round, something like that. Um, that'll be an interesting one to see how other people play it, whether they take into account that extra, those extra points for throwing. Um, for me, I think one of the big deciders will be in terms of injury proneness for your, for your quarterbacks, for those that do run a bit more. Um, they're obviously prone to injury. So if you've got someone who's going to sit in the pocket and throw, you've got a Tom Brady who's going to stand there. Um He's, he's less likely to get hit. Yeah, there's always a chance with your quarterback, somebody getting through and nailing and putting them on ground and that's it, they're done. But I think you're rushing quarterbacks, especially somebody like Allen um, or Murray or Hurt, somebody that's fighting for those extra yards. They're not just going to run, they're not just going to slide and take it. They're going to keep pushing uh, and that's what makes them amazing quarterbacks. They're, they're the ones that are going to... Uh, put the teams in positions where they can score and win games and potentially win you a, a fantasy get uh, your fancy head to head based on that but you've got to put up with that take the risk of that they may get injured doing it i know a few games last year i was watching josh allen thinking my god just stop running man <laughs> just just throw the ball you've scored enough um uh, so it's definitely something that i'll be thinking about in terms of potentially Maybe drafting two quarterbacks, uh, maybe picking up somebody uh, who's more inclined to rush, um, see how they do. But having a semi-decent somebody that's maybe a Derek Carr, somebody like that, that you might be able to pick up later in the later rounds um, to to 
to sit as a support really should they get injured uh, and for, obviously you, you need somebody to pick up for that bye week as well um, so potentially picking up both for me I think just for my sanity I'd be looking maybe at somebody that's more of a uh, a thrower, a passer than, uh, than a rushing quarterback which goes against obviously last year's strategy but I think for like I say, for my own sanity, it means I can watch the games with a bit more enjoyment. So let me let me throw some stats at you. So, so in terms of passing quarterbacks, so the top three uh, quarterbacks with the, the highest passing touchdowns last season. So Brady had forty three, Stafford had forty one, and Herbert had thirty eight. Brady was third in points per game overall quarterback. Stafford was eleventh, and Herbert was second. So, so that's kind of where those passing ones sit. In terms of rushing quarterbacks for rushing touchdowns scored, Hertz was top with 10, Tannehill had seven, and Josh Allen had six. We're making Hertz the sixth overall high scoring quarterback points per game, Tannehill 16th, and Josh Allen obviously first. Um, Tannehill was a car crash. I had I picked him up and he was shocking. And um, I mean, I, I would be interested, and in, I don't know if, you could, if you've got this available, to understand where Carr was, because I believe Carr threw for loads of yards last season, but didn't get too many touchdowns. And obviously, he's not a he's not a runner as well. And I think people think of him as, especially now he's got Devontae Adams, I think people are probably going to put him in a lot higher regard than possibly deserves to be because I think he's the amount of yards he threw for last year could mask a lot because I don't think he scored that well but you might tell me otherwise no 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 he was so he was down at 14th overall in the points scored um and and he sat just about there as well maybe slightly lower even on, on average points uh, points per game across the whole season um which even then so he's outside of that top 12 and and I did make note of the top 12 so Josh Allen was first, uh, again, unsurprisingly, scoring 23.7 points per game. And down in 12th, and again, I picked out 12 because there's 12 teams in our league, Kirk Cousins averaged 18.8. So only about five points difference there per game. So you'd expect Josh Allen to be the holy grail. But aside from that, it's probably not as big as you're thinking. And again, as much as, like you said, Tannehill was a bit of a car crash and and even someone like Hertz. So Hertz only threw for 12 touchdowns last season. Um, so Hertz threw for 16 touchdowns last season, which is which is awful, really. But we rushed for 10, putting him at that sixth place in the quarterback's points per game. So you're, you're they a really run, are you're a run first offense, aren't you? So I think that that fits in to what the Eagles are trying to do. I mean, yeah, for, for fantasy, it doesn't make him that attractive. But um, but he fits into what definitely what the Eagles are trying to do, and it's um, I mean like, like like you said, Tannehill for me was a bit of a car crash. And he, he, I said to take him out of the side, and then he'd rush in for a couple of touchdowns, and then I put him back in, and then he was shocking again. And then I think I traded for Lamar Jackson, and Miles Garrett stood on his ankle, <laughs> and uh, he was out for the rest of the season. So I just had had no luck last season with um, with quarterbacks whatsoever. So that's why I think. Coming back to just being a little bit more patient, um, like Tom says, probably if you can have two on your roster, one that do things a little bit different, and and two that I mentioned, I think that could be really interesting to see how they perform. 
Trey Lance for one winning the starting job in um, in San Fran. I think he's going to be he could be really good uh, because he seems to have an arm. He's very mobile and he's got weapons. So uh, with Ayuk and um, Debo etc. So and they've built that offense around him, haven't they? They've, yeah, they've yeah, basically they uh, poker terms. They're all in on uh, on Lance. They um, it's an all or nothing type scenario with him. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether he can live up to that. And uh, I mean, it's it's laid out perfectly for him to do it. So it'd be. I hope. I hope he does. Um, I hope he, he does perform. And he's someone I, I'll be definitely keeping an eye on whether he, where he goes in our draft. Yeah, and I think he could do. And like you say, kind of whether it's with with Debo signing as well. You wouldn't have thought that someone like that who'd 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 almost had other options. <laughs> in this stage in his career would have signed if he hadn't have had the confidence in Trey Lance as well. And like you said, they, they really have gone all in with Garoppolo sat there in the background that they could just slot back in it and keep playing at a, a very, very high level. Um, but, but they've opted to stick with Trey Lance. I think Justin Fields, someone who's a similar type of player, but that offense, that team's kind of the other extreme to the 49ers. So you've almost got someone there is a similar style you'd put them down as a, as an actual quarterback, but the upside is, is is far, far, far lower when the amount of touchdowns that he's probably going to throw, he's probably going to have to scramble a lot more. Um, and certainly won't be surprising if he gets injured in the first few weeks, having, having taken several hits. So, well, I think to summarise briefly, really, I think that Josh Allen is the kind of one of one. He throws for... 37, 38 touchdowns every single season. He's going to rush for six touchdowns every single season. You know he's going to do that. Aside from that, I think looking at those quarterbacks that play a little bit safer, the ones that are higher passes, again, check out the scoring that your league's got. And and if it is a case of you're scoring more points for passing touchdowns, maybe go for one of those old heads and ones that will just sit in the pocket and just pass it all day long. And that's all we've got time for on this episode. Thanks for listening. Let us know what type of quarterback will you be drafting this season. As always, you can reach us on hello at 2 one ashcom and we want to know your fantasy tips too. Thanks again. See you on the next one. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.